Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, I'm going to start. Let's go. You ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mark and Heidi, the other Demilios. I'm Mark. And I'm Heidi. I did a little more soft-spoken that yeah, time. Yeah, you got to keep it soft. Yeah, I You do. know, people are listening. The volume, it's up, it's down. You know, yeah. you watch movies. Sometimes it's loud and low. Just keep it. Keep we're going to keep it monotone is what we're going to do this we're whole. We're going to do that. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Hey, Heidi. What's going on? You know, chilling. So, um... We're going to talk about, a lot of people are interested in, in not only, we, last episode we went over our kind of our family personal life and, and us as a family unit. And today we're just going to kind of talk about the business side and and um, just getting burned out and, and burnt out. And do we get burnt out? Do you find that you... Even with this job or with other jobs, do you get burnt out on things? And and how do you combat that and come back from that? Well, I think my biggest problem is I don't recognize it as burnout. I get frustrated and I don't know why. And then when I look back at it and I'm like, oh, I was just kind of not feeling inspired, kind of on a hamster wheel doing the same thing every day. Like that's like not having the drive. To me, that's burnout, but it doesn't. I'm just not good at recognizing it as that. And then when I finally do, I feel like I need to kind of get back to the drawing board. Like, let's get back to basics. Let's like what's really important in life. And let's do like we've talked about before, like doing fun things. And as far as work, what is inspiring you? What's exciting you? What's getting you to have that drive and passion to want to do whatever it is you do? So, and I mean, I think that even trickles over into relationships, you know, that can be whether it's, you know, with your partner or your kids or friends, things can get, I don't, not, not burnout, just like flat and finding that like excitement again and drive and I think the burnout happens when you're not having fun and you're not like passionate about what you're doing. That's to me the burnout. Let's talk about past before TikTok and maybe even before kids. What's your favorite job you ever had and and, and how did you stay motivated in it? Well, my favorite job was when I was modeling mm-hmm. because I loved that I got to do a lot of different things. And every day was different. But at the same time, it was the kind of job that 
always kept you on your toes. And to me, that was a good thing because that kept me wanting to stay a step ahead. Like, how am I going to get, how am I going to book more jobs? Or how am I going to, you know, what doing a photo shoot, not loving the photos, like how can I get better at that? And just those were the things that kind of, that's why it was my favorite job because it was, it never got like, oh, here I go again, another day doing this. Like it was always fun. I mean, I never made a ton of money at it, but it was, it was work and I did have two jobs. So I was a personal trainer while I was modeling. So I don't know. I just feel like that was so exciting. And I wasn't like modeling in it where I was in the modeling scene and going to clubs. Like it wasn't in New York City. Like it wasn't like that. It was more of just like the fun in the job and how to get really good in front of the camera or on the runway or all these things. I think the excitement in it was it was always like you were always, you know, some days you booked the job, some days you didn't. And I didn't get too uh, caught up in the, in the, um, what do you call it when you don't get booked or whatever? And then, you know, and that I was, I, I didn't get caught. I wasn't good enough for it or, or that kind of thing. I just wasn't right for it. And that's kind of was my mindset. I was, and I wasn't even like, now I can look back and say that in the moment. I wasn't, I just was like, okay, I wasn't right for it. I'm going to move on. What could I do better to help myself? So that was my favorite job. I've always, when I think of when I was younger, every job that I had, so I was a caddy. I worked in a carpet store and then I worked at a super big supermarket called Stu Leonard's in Connecticut. <laughs> and I don't, I never had my dad or grandparents or mom say, Hey, whatever you do, make it the best and be the best of that that you can be. But I always found when I was a caddy, I was looked upon as being a really good caddy. And then when I got in the carpet store, I remember the, the guy who was the general manager would say, I've never had someone get the carpets ready and there's never been. And I was 16, 17 years old. And I always, I, I don't know why. I think it's probably something in me that I'm, that I'm a pleaser and, and I'm mm-hmm. a little bit part pleaser, part competitive. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at these jobs when you're, when you're coming up as, oh, that's just what I'm doing now. And I never looked at things like that. So I never had burnout mm, in, in I those jobs. And then what I realized. It's your mindset. It's yeah. how you, how you come to it in your mind. Yeah. And then what I realized is that after college, I worked with my uncle for a little bit and I was, it was more of an office job, like in an employment agency type thing. And then I knew like, I did not like, I was good at that, but I knew that I wanted to do something where I had a little bit more, not only financial reward, but just something that I felt like I was going in a, in a direction that I wanted to go in. And then I got into sales and that's for a guy like me, that (laughs) is the perfect job because you, you basically, the more you succeed, the more money you make, the more people are, the more people you make happy because the Mm -hmm. The, the more sales you do, the bigger the company grows and, and all that stuff. So I, I do like that. So I've never really been in a burnout with anything. And even with now that we're starting to do the social media stuff, I think it gets back to what we said in the last episode that life is too short. And I think if I ever got into something that I was in a rut, 
I would quickly just say, nope, this isn't what I want to do. Like with the situation with my uncle, I just said, all right, let's, let's change gears. But that's for me. I think with Dixie and Charlie, we have to be careful about making sure that, you know, that they don't get burned out. Mm -hmm. But I don't personally feel that way. Like I feel like that Mm -hmm. everything I do, I always feel in control of what I'm doing and I feel like I'm doing it because I want to do it and I don't think I'd ever do anything I I wouldn't want to do. Right. Yeah. No, talking about your older jobs and being competitive. Like I remember I worked at the bingo in the concession stand and I, so you had just so much time in between like when the game was on and then, the, everybody's going to rush to the concession stand before the next game started. So I remember like, okay, I'm going to see how everything was a, like a game and a competition for me. I'm going to see how many bags of popcorn I can fill pre-done. So, and still in the warmer before they get here, because when you have it, you have to fill the bags is where it takes time. Like silly things like that, like that. Was it like the most beautiful job and amazing situation no but I was like I'm gonna be the best at it and I feel like I took that to everything and it you know I always did well even though the you know I didn't have any like high profile jobs like in major companies it was just like I'm gonna be a part of like it being good I think I, I, I agree with that and I think what people look at is like oh well in certain situations, you could have a great job and you might not have the ability, you might not have upward mobility. Like, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that if you're a barista at Starbucks, you can't be the best barista. And mm-hmm. I think about when at Stu Leonard's, which actually had upward mobility, but I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So that was the supermarket. And a lot of people go on to be VPs of the company. But I remember I would make, I worked in the produce department and I would make the coolest displays. <laughs> no, and sure. it was almost like part, <laughs> part work, you. part art. And mm-hmm. then the manager would come back. Like we would do work on a Friday night to get ready for Saturday. And the display of peaches would be like just over overflowing and it would I'd get them all situated right and <laughs> and I never looked at it like oh I'm doing this because I want to raise or I'm doing this because right. I want a promotion I was just doing it because I had pride in it and I wanted other people to look at it maybe there was some ego there or maybe I just wanted people to pat me on the back and say good job but I love doing that and even with a carpet store I remember the guy Joe who's general manager would say man we got a lot of carpet to cut and get ready for the guys maybe you might have to come in on Saturday and get it done I'm like no I'll get it done tonight and he's like Mark this is a lot and he would look at me and go dude you you did all that (laughs) and wait I, I have a similar one I worked at a video store and uh in high school and VHS. We're going back a minute. Um, And so people would return them and you'd have to go back and put them on the shelves. So I remember I could stack the most amount of videos from hand to chin and beyond. And I took a lot of pride in that because I was like, also, I think there was a little laziness. Like I could do less trips if I just take more per. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. 
and it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. So then when I started my clothing company, my work ethic, my pride went mm-hmm. through the roof because it was stuff that I was creating and selling to stores. And I remember the first time I got an order from Macy's and we went Macy's Herald Square and we saw the display. But I hope that the kids, I wonder if they if they look back on that or where they were they were too young to know, like I got up so early in the morning and would take the train into New York City every day and sometimes get home seven, eight o'clock at night. And I wonder if they look at that as dad was just working or wow, my dad and mom had great work ethic. I would I made a conscious effort to not be like, your dad went to work for you today. I mean, not like that. Just, uh, you know, since I'm home with you guys and I could spend the time and we can go to all, you know, take you to school myself and pick you up and do all the things. Dad's, you know, I wanted to do that and we decided to do that and dad's works. And so, you know, but he misses you. Like I was always part of like supporting what you did to help the family. What I did to help the family was internal in the house and yours was external. And just, I always like made sure they appreciated that. And like, you know, we couldn't do fun things if, and it was hard when they were little, it was a major sacrifice for just, it was one income and kids and you were starting your clothing company. It was like, that was very hard time for us. But even in that time, we always tried to have fun. And if, even if it was just like we weren't doing anything extravagant, but it was just like we had, you know, when the kids were little and we just do fun things just because we were just so appreciative of what we did have, even though it wasn't much. And so I did always tell them, you know, if you ask them now, I don't know what they would say, but I always definitely... You know, and we get excited for you to get back home or like, dad's coming, let's like, you know, get dinner ready or whatever. I think the same thing that is the part of gave me a good work ethic when I was doing some of these jobs when I was in a teenager and in early in, in life, I think is something that's a negative that I wish I – I think we. I was always there for the girls. Mm-hmm. I was always, you know, whether it was parent-teacher conferences, I was always mm-hmm. able to make time. And especially later when I got more just into back into sales and I was working from home a lot. But I do think I, I made myself extremely accessible to anyone who wanted to, who needed me yes. on the business side. Where I, I, I would strongly recommend that people – set up boundaries (laughs) and I think a lot of people men and women in the business world want to be want to outdo each other and Mm -hmm. by that they're super accessible and it's so easy now with texting and everybody has emails on their phone but I I think there you need to set boundaries and shut your phone off and Mm -hmm. and and spend time with your family without Oh man, and and I hear it all the time. I'm I'm now talking with people that are 
at their kids' birthday parties or something, and they're like, oh, yeah, I wanted to get back to you. I'm like, dude, get back to me on Monday. You don't need to get back to me today. Yeah, I know. And I think for a long time, and I think that's, I mean, I haven't done a lot of traveling, but um, other countries take that time, and they shut life off and, uh, you know, work life off and enjoy time with family and friends. And I think it's become, like, almost a badge of honor to... Like, oh, I, I work, I worked 80 something hours this week and blah, blah, blah. But wh- for what? Like, what are your, what are your relationships like? What are your, you know, whether it's a partner or kids or marriage or family, like, what do you, what do you, what is sacrifice because of that? And so I think, you know, as a whole, taking the time to make those boundaries and then in the times you are working, that's where you got to be efficient and knock it out of the park and don't waste time. Like get it yes. done and then shut it off because your boss isn't going to be upset <laughs> if you get all your stuff done and you're like, see you on Monday because everything's done. And then you prepared yourself for the com- uh, upcoming week. And so I don't know. I just think in the moments where the w- work time is like just go hard and then the other time re- appreciate your life yeah. and what you have. I think. When you look at our, our our show, a lot of I I did hear not a ton of comments. the The majority of the things I read on Twitter were super positive, but I did hear a lot of stuff like, it's the parents' responsibility to kind of help Dixie and Charlie not get burnout and to and to pull back a little bit. And I think what people don't see behind the scenes is and we did see show it a little bit, but we definitely balance that out. I do think the one problem you have with being in entertainment more more in social media than anything is that your social life and your business life are on the same platforms. So your social life is Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube and all these things. And your business life is there also. So you get more burnout because you can't- It's nonstop. Yeah, like I said with earlier, like if, if I could put you know, I could put the emails and the, you know, and the texts on, on silent, but no one was hitting me up on Instagram when three years ago to talk about business Mm -hmm. that, so you kept your social life and your business life separate. I think what the girls and what a lot of these kids are dealing with is that you can't just put the phone down because it's, if you're, if you take their phone away or put it away, you're, you're taking away their social life. Mm -hmm. So there are things that we've told Dixie and Charlie to try to monitor it and we've monitored it too and we keep a close eye on that but we also have to look at this as a great opportunity for them not for us mm-hmm. for them and and help protect that if they want if they want it and mm-hmm. both kids <laughs> have said to us after the show like I'm not going to let the comments get in the way but that does burn them out more mm. than the actual physical work. Right. If I say all the time, if Charlie were in full-time private school, AP work, advanced placement work to get into college, studying for SATs, doing a sport, she would be up at six in the morning till nine at night, five days a week, and then playing sports on the weekend. Mm. She would probably have 80 hours of her week covered with school and and athletics she's not doing anywhere near that much work in this but there's so much extra Mm -hmm. noise that affects her that is probably as has been 
the biggest thing that's given her burnout than anything. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're working on, trying to make sure that they put their phones down for a little bit and not focus on on some of the negativity and really focus on some of the cool stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You've been doing a lot of stuff between. Yeah, I, it's so funny because I'll get not a lot, but I'll get the comments like that I'm, um, you know, trying to be what the girls are, whatever. I'm like, I have been doing this way longer, not social media, but like I was, I was modeling. I was in New York City, and I, I always said that. I mean, I was short for a model back then. A mo- you had to be, you know, 5'9", 5'10", 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", to really take it to the next level. That's the reality of it back then. And um, it's not as – for a lot of things, you don't – it doesn't matter. Some things, it's still like runway and all that. You still have to be really tall. But um, at the time, I was ready to move out of New York City with you and have the – have kids and all of that. So I, I always said, I'm going to, um, re like, what did I say? Like restart my modeling career when I'm 60. And because I, I just had faith that I would still, um, be marketable. And, uh, it wasn't something I've been consistently thinking about all these years that I haven't been modeling. Um, but now I'm almost 50 and now we have this whole social media thing. So I'm just kind of picking up, uh, where I left off, except in a time that now has social media. So it's, you know, it's brand deals and, you know, some modeling and lots of other fun things. So this was always my plan in one way or another. And so it's just happened in this way, but I was going to do that anyway. Once the kids were out of the house and doing their own thing, like that's what I wanted to do anyway. So I just, again, I find it fun. I find it interesting and doing different things and that's exciting for me. And so not to, and not even just like talking about burnout, burnout in life. Like when things are just flat and you're not like finding things you're excited about, like it's not good for you personally. It's not good for your, if you're in a relationship whether it's your partner or your kids or your friends or your family, like you just come at life in a better, with a better mindset when you're doing things that excite you. And so that's what I'm, that's kind of what I've been doing. So I'm excited about that. Do you enjoy being, do you enjoy the notoriety? I've probably asked you this before. Um, I don't feel like I have notoriety. Like I'm, I mean, a lot of what we get is like, oh my God, are you Dixie and Charlie's mom? Which I love. I'm, that's like, one of my, I wear that as a badge of honor, always have, not because they have a following. So, um, I don't know. I don't really feel like I get a lot of. Yeah. I think people have to, they don't have to understand, but what the thought process of doing a show as a family was basically to just kind of 
take the heat off of Charlie and not just have one person who at the time when we started Mm -hmm. talking about doing a show, she was 15. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, how do we, and also give, let people humanize us a little Mm -hmm. bit and let them know who we are. It was never like, and no, the people say we're full of whatever, but it was never like, Hey, I want, I am Charlie got it. I want that too. (laughs) I am super, I would never believe I would be awkward being, or, or feel kind of embarrassed sometimes to be known. Like if I, but in the same time, I love it. Like if someone comes up, like if you see me and, or you see Heidi and I, I'd much rather you just come up and say hello and let's take a picture if you want. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, if, yeah. I don't know why you would want that, but if you'd want, that'd be totally cool. But I get kind of like. Shy? I yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's almost like, it's, Almost like being famous for being famous. Like I would much rather someone come up to me and say, oh, man, I saw this clothing design you made or mm-hmm. I saw. Well, something. I think it'll happen. I mean, you're you're st- you still have your job. I mean, we still actually let me ask you this. If all this went away and we had to go back to our old life before all of this. How would you feel? I would feel. I don't think our old life was much different than I, this life, except for the notoriety. I would be fine with it. And, and that's the question we ask all the time. Would yeah. you rather be, um, if you could be one or the other, rich or famous? And what would you rather? What would you rather be? Um, I, I mean, I people are going to think I'm lying. I don't uh, need either. So, not famous. I mean, it's always nice to have money in the bank to do things that are fun and cool and help other people, but definitely not famous. We were never, I was never, I was entrepreneurial, but never super money motivated. Like I never wanted the bigger boat, the bigger house. I wanted something that I was comfortable with, that I was proud to be in and know I worked at it, but I never was like, and I never looked at anyone else and say, oh, wow, I want what what that person Mm -hmm. has. So, but I do think there is something to be said for like guys like Elon Musk that started off just being business people and being wealthy are now being, becoming famous. And that's, you know, it's an extra layer of scrutiny that Mm -hmm. I think affects burnout to the topic that we're talking about. I think if you would ask Elon Musk when he goes in and made business decisions before, he would have to – his employees would know about it. His board would know about it. Now the world knows yep. about it. If he – if they're laid on a on on a delivery of a car, it would be the employees would know, the consumers <laughs> would know, and the shareholders would know. But now everyone knows. Oh, mm-hmm. did you? So there is a level that I think affects people's burnout that people that work – normal jobs that don't have the notoriety not saying that that it's easier for them i'm just saying it's it's different and there's probably a little bit less of the scrutiny that affects a burnout would you would you yeah, agree yeah totally i agree with that for sure so i think to answer your question if this went away tomorrow i i still think we would be doing the things that Fun we thing. did like i think people don't understand that we were at the chargers game yesterday and we happened to get take a picture and the Chargers posted it. And a lot of times we'll do these sporting things now that we have notoriety and people are like, what do they know about sports? But they don't know the whole the whole thing that I worked with 
with yeah, we were wearing Adidas the jersey Mitchell and S of and, the, the company you work for. It's like it's. And we've been to and the we've kids been, have been to tons to of games, so many games and stuff. And yeah. but I will admit the girls are not super fans of 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 sports like the basketball, football, and they like the whole experience. Are they all up to date on each play and this and that? No, but the whole experience of going and the and the you know the excitement of it. Like, who wouldn't like that? Like, that's the fun part of it. Now, they'd probably say a Yankees game would be more, like, because they grew up doing that, but... Right, because we talked about that, but when we went to the most recent Yankees game, people went back to our family Mm -hmm. TikTok channel and saw, like, I grew up as a a Yankees fan. And then, but I also look at it interesting, I know we're, I don't want to get off topic, but I, I look at it as interesting that the Chargers are just moved into the stadium last year. They had no fans last year. So this is the first time playing in the, in this stadium and they're smart enough to invite people that have a lot of eyes on them. A lot of eyes <laughs> on them. And which will only help the Chargers and So if ju- you're a fan of the Chargers, this is a good thing for you. <laughs> right. And then the I saw I told you this morning that I'm a huge fan of SE bikes mm-hmm. and there's a new SE BMX cruiser that came out that, um, I guess, was it Courtney? Mm-hmm. So that Courtney Kardashian put on her Instagram. And she's got And like, then they reposted it, right? And then uh, Todd Lyons, who's the general manager, who's done an incredible job with that company. And I'm a huge fan of his and, and SE in general. And they're a bike company that I had a BMX bike in the, in the early 80s on. And- Instead of looking at it like, oh, my God, this woman with 146 million people on Instagram just posted SE, which is going to help that company mm-hmm. grow and make maybe give some more interest, get some more interest in it. It's looked upon as negative. And I right. just I, doesn't I, make sense. I just don't get that. Well, so. people don't think that far into it. I think they just like see it and like crap on it. But it's like if you think think a little bit bigger, think a little bit broader and see why this is a good thing for the for the brand you like. Right. So I was wondering if so Dixie and Charlie, who have both raced competitive BMX, who Dixie was ranked fifth in the nation and traveled the nation and was first in New England, number one in New England throughout. And she was a kid. So from five years old to nine years old, she was a nationally competitive BMXer. If she were in that picture on the top of this SE bike, if she would have gotten the same heat. And I bet you she would have. Yes. Because nobody knows. 99% of those people don't know that that was part of her life for a third of her life. She did nothing but race BMX bikes and could do, could take that bike around. and, And people were like, oh, Courtney probably doesn't even know how to ride. Like, who cares? Like, it's just so silly. It is silly. It helps, it helps promote the brand. Oh man! So that is basically. Wrap up? Should we wrap up? Yeah, I, th- I think. We I should. mean, recap. Recap. So, um, I okay. So this is what I have on the recap. I have burnout exists sometimes, but I think what's important with not burning out is to a 
have some pride in what you're doing and do something you love to do and make almost a uh, make almost a competition of it and know that this might not be your for, forever job, but do the best you can. That's how I didn't get burned out on a lot of jobs when I first started. Um, would you, would you, and what would you add to that? Uh, I would just add, um, you know, recognizing the burnout and how you could adjust to kind of pull yourself out of it by finding other things. Maybe it's your personal life that needs a little like outside of work to kind of get you excited about life again and then bring that into the job. And I think we talked about the separation of your work life and personal life. I think Mm. you kind of were just saying that, but definitely what we talked about is the just the fact that the girls' social lives and work lives are on their phones, which makes it difficult to differentiate between the two. But I think it's important to kind of separate and set up boundaries with your work life and your personal life. And that, to me, is very important. And the, and the, the final thing I will say, which is off topic, is do what you love to do and don't worry about what anyone else says. And if you love to do it, go for it. And also... I'm going to add to that. If you have a job that isn't your, that is is really hard to bring excitement to it. You're in a situation, you have a family or you got to support yourself and you just have to pay your, your bills, do it the best you can. And then find things outside of your life, your work life that excite you, bring you joy. And maybe in that find a, a way to transition into doing something else that does excite you. That's what I would add. Like, I don't burn out in these podcasts because I just love talking to you. I know. And that's what I, makes We talk it all day long. So easy. Yeah. I, I never get burnt out of talking to you. Really? No. No, I don't get burnt Do out. Sometimes. Actually, that's not true. Sometimes both of us were like, I just, can we be quiet for a little while? <laughs> yes. That is true. Yeah. You want to end the show, Hud? No. Okay, I'll end it. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. For listening to Mark and Heidi, the other D'Amelios. I'm Mark, and you can follow me at Mark D'Amelio on most social platforms. And you can follow me at Heidi D'Amelio on my socials. And thank you so much for listening, and go do something fun today. Yes, and don't get burned out. Word. Bye. Bye. Mark and Heidi, the other D'Amelios, comes to you from Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio. You can listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.